Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. We got some good, good stuff going right now. Since we've changed everything, pretty much, except the one that we worship. So my name is Mike Crowey. I'm part of the teaching team. And I'm a little bit scared about following up that worship. That was awesome. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> All right, well, just like I said, we're changing up everything. And um, I could just go down through the list, but it's easier to say that we're just praising the king of the universe. And uh, everything that we do, when, when it's time to move, we move. I'll say it that way. So um, we're starting a new series. It's called Flavor. I think I'm going to have to magnify it. Um, and, uh, we're going through different flavors, different foods, and, and I'm talking about salt. So I really, it's so simple, but it's so powerful. And I didn't know how to start this message off and I've, I've changed it so many times, but, um, I want to just show the verse that we're going to continue to come back to, but Matthew five thirteen, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall that saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on under people's feet. We're going to come back to that, but um, I want to start out a little bit fun. How many grill masters do we have? Grill masters in the room. Or or wannabes. You can raise your hand if you want to be. Because I like that too. I I like to practice that and then eat what we practice. So... Uh, I don't want to go into all the seasonings and recipes, but one of the things that makes meat the best is if you marinate it, if you let it rest or let it work in salt. So cover it wholly in salt, top side, bottom side, and then work it in. Work, work that, rub it in, let marinate, and then let it set in the refrigerator for an hour plus. And what it does, it'll break up the amino acids and the proteins, but that's pulling the flavor out. It's, it's making the flavor available to us. And that is it, it's such a, a huge point, and, and it's, uh, it's powerful when you're grilling meat. Uh, but you take that meat after it's rested, after God's done the work, because he set up the rules, um, and you rinse that salt off, so it's not unhealthy for you to have a whole bunch of salt, but it pulls those flavors out. And then when you grill it, it's available. You can put your seasonings on, add it. It's appetizing. It's an extraordinary flavor. It's not just regular. It's not just regular. So I'm going to talk about salt throughout this whole message, just the sodium chloride, the table salt. And we have a tendency, us personally, to be molded into a bland conformity with the, those around us. Yeah. We tend to, to devolve. We tend to rest. But God created us to have a relationship with him daily, and that changes us. It impacts us, and it impacts those around us. It's got to come out of us. We, need that pow- we have that power available to us to make changes, to affect change. In fact, I'd like to say we, we get to be change agents. 
when we are like salt. With the power of the Holy Spirit, we can add flavor to those around us, and then we can experience a life full of flavor. So let's pray. Father, I come to you, and I just want to continue on in this spirit of worshiping you, but I want to think and know and feel and have the experience of your power, your spirit working through us. I just pray that you bless every word and every ear that hears these words, that it settles on our hearts, and that it changes us from the inside out. Now, Chris mentioned it earlier that we finished up this series last week, that last month, that last era, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was called Tell Us Nice Things, but it was so much about truth and walking through truth, walking with truth. And there were so many things in it that I wanted to say, but I don't have time. So it actually is a great setup for us, I think. We'll see. But but seriously, um, the messages were were very impactful from uh, giving us the different facets of speaking truth and living out truth. Now, in Chris's, Chris's message, he talked about that Holy Spirit, and you mentioned it earlier, while walking with the Father, we have the fire, that, that Holy Spirit. And what are we doing to fan it? What are we doing to continue to grow it? And then we ended the day with baptisms and worship. So we've got the example, the talking about truth, walking by giving our, our lives over to him. And, and people stood up and said it. They went under and they got washed that change is, is where I want to pick up from, when we have that Holy Spirit. Now, you could say that this message is for believers only, but it's not really, because it's for everyone. And if you haven't committed your life to Christ, ask somebody here, and we'll walk you through that, pri- that process. But once you do that, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so why does this matter? Because we have time. You get saved, that day that you asked Jesus in your life, you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit at that point. And, and we have a commission to rule, to exercise our authority in this world. And we need to own that. We need to take that. So I'm talking about the what we do or the how we live when we are saved. Or another way of saying it is how we live out our salvation. Now, I, I came up with this acronym and truthfully, I was asking the Holy Spirit for some creativity, and I'm like, wow, this just came to me. But um, so for the acronym SALT, it's saved and living truth, or it could be saved and loving truth, walking through it. And I mentioned this, this being a change agent by the, being the, having the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10 say, for in him the whole fullness of his deity. So all of God dwells in his body, and you have been filled with him. So we have all of that power, that that deity is in us, who is in, he's the head of all, the rule of all authority. So this is where the power comes from. And the key to understanding it and applying both that authority and the ability is the use. And it just hit me in that first song we talked about. It's not about the end game, it's the journey. This is where we use it. We practice this salt, this being changed. So let's talk about some salt first. I want to get some fun details out there so we can then correlate it with the Holy Spirit. Um, I watched a program not too long ago about salt, and um, they said there were over 4,000 different kinds of salt, which I thought was amazing. 
But the more I listened to it, and the more I watched the show, I thought, okay, what they're really talking about is there are several different actual forms of crystals or maybe flakes, but all of the variations that salt can be delivered in, different ways that it can be you know, brought into our body, we can digest it. So uh, brines or sauces, just thousands of different ways. Soy sauce. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm sorry. I don't want to miss anything. This is good. Um, but the differences are basically whether it's small, tiny crystals, larger crystals, or flakes, and then these sauces. But it also, it can come with other minerals in it. So magnesium, uh, calcium, potassium. And those are very good for us. Uh, in, in the, we need those also. But the point I want to make is that we are all different. And we all come with different levels of um, giftings. We come with different baggage, too. But the salt is still in us. The soul is still in us. The ability to lean on the Holy Spirit is still in us. So, so what does salt do? Well, it's, it's an electrolyte for a body. It helps with fluid balance, nerve transmission, muscle function, some, you know, some amount of, of, what, of salt is naturally found in foods, but it, we do like to add it because it adds flavor. It brings out the flavor. Um, saltiness is one of five flavors, the main ones, um, along with sweetness, sourness, bitterness, and savoriness. I like that one a lot. Um, now, salt works in three main ways, and this is where I want to start the correlations. It works in preparation preparation of food, preservation of food, and presentation of food. So I already talked about steak and how it's so valuable to, to prepare your steak or any meat with that salt beforehand. It, it prepares it to be cooked. Salt accentuates the flavor in baking goods, too. It strengthens bonds between flour and butter and sugar. Um, salt works to enhance the flavor of chocolate. Anybody like salted caramel brownies or just chocolate? Um, in bread baking, it helps the gluten hold more water and carbon dioxide. Carbon, yes, carbon dioxide. So it's, it's doing physical work at the same time that it's, it's changing, and it does that um, to with us also. Uh, boiling water for, say, hard-boiled eggs. Salt actually raises the boiling temperature, the temperature that water boils at. And there's different theories about why that's good, and I won't go into all that. But the point is, is salt strengthens bonds. It accentuates other strengths, like the, the flavors. And in a way, it doesn't change chemistry, but it changes the way that the chemistry responds. So boil that boiling temperature, or these bonds between the flour and the sugar, etc. Now, preservation. Um, salt acts like a preservative, and I could have put this one first, too, because salt has been used as a preservative for thousands of years. And it works in much the same way as you prepare the meat, only use you a lot more salt. And when you, put, when you just bury the meat in salt, it actually robs the meat of the water. And the reason it does that is, it, it, or when it does that, the pathogens and the spoilage microorganisms don't get water, and then they can't work because they need water as much as we need water. And so when it does that, it actually preserves or slows down the, the, the spoiling process, which is how that works as a, as a preservative. Now, from a biblical standpoint, there's numerous places in the Bible that talk about a salt covenant. And the 
point is that um, it's a lasting covenant. It, it, it brings, you know, uh, it's talking about eternity or forever. So the Davidic kings of Israel, they were given these covenants and they were called covenants of salt. Um, metaphorically, it's used to uh, signify permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. And I think that's a much better way of encapsulating preservation. So, so when you get that idea, we're gonna talk about a little bit more, that fidelity, purity, you know, this usefulness, this value, you have that when we work with the Holy Spirit. And the last way that salt works is in presentation. And I, I had several ideas about this, and I threw them all out when Sherry mentioned her oatmeal. <laughs> so we try to eat healthy, and, um, but oatmeal can be bland, right? But not in our house. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got to read my notes here, because I don't do the cooking here. Um, so she'll make the, the oatmeal and then add apples and uh, vanilla, and then sometimes I sneak more butter in there, but, um, you know, walnuts, uh, you know, all these other ingredients, and then we'll take some heavy whipping cream and put a little bit of that on top, and then the key here is to put some salt right on top, just sprinkle some salt. Now, the first time I did this, I ate this, I got um, corrected, I'll say. I started to dig in and just stir it all up and mix it together. Well, that's not the way you do it for a presentation. You take your spoon and you go straight down through the middle and you get layers of all the flavors and you eat them together, okay? So presentation matters to some people. No, <laughs> no, actually it's very valuable. It, it actually brings out the depth of the whipping cream and it, gave, it gives a savory flavor to the, the other, the, the butter and the nuts in there and you're eating oatmeal, so hey. So salt adds flavor by being complimentary, but not overbearing. And, and then as a personality trait, when we get ready to be that change agent, we need to be complimentary and not overbearing. So that's a whole nother sub-message about presentation. Anyway, the final word on salt. Salt balances flavors by tempering bitterness. It affects the moisture of foods by bringing liquids into foods, like in a brine, or by pulling it out to concentrate other flavors. So sometimes it works that way also. You can add it to your, um, your favorite dishes, enhance a sweetness, making chocolate desserts tastier. Um, salt does so many things that, that are to our food besides just flavoring, but that's the main thing I wanna talk about tonight. That's what we were talking about is adding flavor. So all this talk about salt, why? Because you are the salt of the earth. And I'm the salt of the earth. We're called to make changes. And I read that verse earlier. You are the salt. But what if the salt loses its flavor? And I, I'm like, that it baffles my mind. How can salt, just sodium chloride, how can it not give flavor? But in the, in the Bible, some of the commentaries I read were basically, the importance of the salt is, is its faithfulness. You're faithful to your community. You're faithful to God. So we turn to him, and then we remain faithful to him. So um, Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech be gracious and seasoned with salt so that you know 
how you ought to answer each person. And I think that is said that way because there are a lot of different ways we need to address people. Maybe we're helping in the preparation. Maybe we're helping in the preservation. Maybe we're helping in the present. Did I say that right? Presentation. Uh, you know, it, it matters what we say when they're ready to hear it. There's, a, there's an analogy with the parable of the soils, too. Is the soil ready to hear? So what we say matters when they're ready to hear it. But we need the Holy Spirit for that. So we, act, we help in the preparation by teaching people the holiness of God and their need for a Savior. This goes so often unsaid where we need to turn and prepare our hearts first. We need to repent first. This will be the first step in any revival is repentance. So, and we need to tell people that they need that blood of Jesus, that power of the Holy Spirit, so that they will be prepared to hear and to, to use the Holy Spirit. We act as a preservative or in preservation by helping them throw off negative habits or relationships. We preserve life when we help them straighten out and get, get life in order. It's imperative that the Holy Spirit guides this, though. It has to be a change of heart, not just a change of behavior. I got salt coming. We, have, we um, prepare others for presentation by helping them to order their lives according to the way God's designed it. So we offer encouragement. We strengthen these bonds through teaching, through just living there in their presence with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I say all that to say we create culture, or at least we're called to, and the Holy Spirit prepares us and equips us to interact and add flavor wherever we go. Relationships, that is our commission in life, is relationships, to be the salt and the light. So I said it earlier, and I find it perplexing, the idea that salt is, can lose its flavor. But really, it's that you're not using the Holy Spirit. So that's when you become useless. No matter what your skill set is, where you're at, you're useless if you're not in the Holy Spirit. So salt works when it's with moisture or with its water. If you remember back, everything I talked about salt was where it, when it interacted with water, whether it was mixing with water or whether it was pulling the water out to preserve. And that is where I say we need the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter what's, what place in here for preparing, preserving, or presenting, we need the Holy Spirit to do it at the right time and the right concentration. So... We talked about that baptism and that, whole, that song at the end, that last one, the, the Spirit and, the, and it rests on us. Uh, that is such a good way to understand the Holy Spirit is with us and, and moving us and preparing us. So the Holy Spirit is often compared to water or associated with water. And I just wanted to highlight it is from the second verse of the Bible in Genesis 1-2 where he's hovering over the waters. Um, all the way through Jeremiah, Jeremiah, he's the fountains of the living water. And Isaiah, it says, pour out my spirit on you. In John, he says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And in Revelation 22, the last book of the Bible, it says he's a river of, of the water of life. So it is all the way through that Holy Spirit is working and weaving and all and through eternity. 
to deliver truth, which is why, you know, if you just pull back everything we just last in, the, in that last series to pull in truth and wisdom, uh, Colossians 2, 6 and 7 is just, it's a big, <laughs> there's a lot in here. But we are being salt and adding flavor when we apply truth. So how we do that is that our lives, living out our lives, in the same way that you received Jesus, so that day you, you, were, you received your salvation, our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue that journey on, progressing further into the union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life, and you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way, for you are established in the faith, and you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. So this is written almost like for you to be built up and for you to give that to somebody else to build that up. Um, there's just, there's so much in here. I wanted, to, I'm going to read this verse, uh, John 1, 1 through 3, because it's the word is the truth. And I just want to tie that together, that you've got to be in the word to give, have truth to give by the, the power of the Holy Spirit. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him, was not anything made that was made. So we take what we study, we learn, we grow in the Holy Spirit, and our job is to proclaim that truth. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and adds that flavor, that change agent to change hearts. We're working in tandem with him at that point. So what, what does this look like? And I, I know I've thrown a lot at you. I've kind of jumped around a lot of places, but I want you to grasp the idea of us working with the Holy Spirit, that power comes together, and then we have the word and we take it. But what's that look like? What changes? And I could give you some examples of people that are actually in the midst of doing that so well, but in public, and I could tell you some people that are doing it privately right now. But I, it came to me as we approached this election that what we do as preachers and then what we do as people in the pews and part of our community is huge. And it, it matters and it's measurable. If you go back, oh, let me back up just a second. I almost forgot this. Um, I mentioned earlier that commission to rule the earth. It wasn't withdrawn from our creator. So we still have that role to do. And I found this slide and I, it breaks down all these different areas of our lives where we can work. And it hits every one of us in here. So when we talk about truth, there are sciences and the research and exploration where we discover truth. There's the application of truth in agriculture, engineering, medicine, technology. All of this needs to be done with the power of the Holy Spirit if it's going to be done well. Um, implement, implementation of truth, commerce and transportation and government. Yes, we need the Holy Spirit in the government. And, and the way we run government, it, is, it needs, it's designed from the bottom up. We, the people. Interpretation of truth, fine arts, literature, and our theology has to be true. And this is where it's really going to get you. The transmission of truth. Education needs to be based on truth. Communication has to be truth. If we don't have integrity in our communication, we have nothing. We, 
We have zero. We have less than nothing because you can't trust somebody told you to something. And the biggest one here that I love is homemaking or having dinner together. That's the best way to converse and pass on truth. Pass that Holy Spirit on. And it may come out as some really tough, (laughs) tough times. But that's where truth comes through. Man, my readers aren't even helping. (laughs) So how we approach the day, every day matters. How we explore, how we learn, how we relate, how we communicate, how we think about the world matters. Our worldview matters, and we need to talk about it. We need to be able to communicate that. So if we fail, if we don't understand who God is, Psalm 34.3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name with me, his name together. We need to know who our God is. And I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a lot here, but that's the impetus behind our truth. That's the impetus behind our message is who God is in our lives to us. We don't make him bigger. We just realize how big he is. So what can happen if the church, if we as individuals, I'm back on track, walk alongside the Holy Spirit and live out the truth of the gospel? I was pulled back. I love American history, but before our Constitution, in the early 1700s, Jonathan Edwards was born, and he became a preacher, and he was an on-fire preacher, and they called that time the Great Awakening, and what it did was he and a few other preachers, and this was not just here. This was happening, uh, well, for your information, yesterday was the 503rd year of the Reformation, when Martin Luther put 95 truth statements up, and he wanted to debate them. That's all he wanted to do was put them up there to debate them. But it caused a reformation, a reforming of our faith and how we practice it. It became, and God worked it so that the Bible was available at that time. All these things, he's always working. So we need to remain in him, in the Holy Spirit, in truth, and he'll work out the other details. Okay, so fast forward in the 1700s, England, Scotland, Germany are all going through these times of reformation and this excitement and this new word is available not just for priests and preachers, but for everybody. And so Jonathan Edwards, Gilbert Tennant, and George Whitefield were three of the big names that actually impacted America so much that over the next 50 years, people that would end up writing the Constitution were impacted by their preaching. So, yes, it caused dissension. If you weren't a believer or you were entrenched in your way of doing things, it was war. But if you were a believer and you listened to their message and you call on to the fire, it, it, caused, it created unity. And I think we are at that point right now. There is a huge division, but there is also a massive amount of unity coming. And there's a momentum building right now. We are in the middle of that. So we are in a war. And you need to talk like we're in a war. And you need to prepare like we're in a war. We are in a much similar place. So how do we proceed? I'm going to make this really, really simple. <laughs> the book of Proverbs has a template. It it provides a template for us. How Christians can once again be as savory as salt and illuminating as light in this dark time. It's actually a time of light, but there's a lot of pressure against us right now. Proverbs 1 talks about wisdom. 
Verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we got to start with the Lord. And I'll keep saying it. I've said, how many times have I said the Holy Spirit tonight? Like 400 times? We have to be engaged with the Holy Spirit and take, follow his lead. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. So we've got to get rid of pride. And that's part of that preservation that we do. When we're adding flavor or we're preserving, we need to get rid of pride and get humility in there. Time with God and praising the Holy Spirit will build humility, respect, and reverence. Proverbs 15, 15, all the days of, our, our, of the afflicted, I'm sorry, are evil, but the cheerful of heart have a continual feast. I just feel like we need to think about having a feast. Um, I did a quick search through the Bible and, you know, Bible Gateway. Um, 187 times, I believe it was, is the word feast. 42 of them are in the New Testament, so we shall, still should be feasting. Um, Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Back to our flavor concept, we get to build people up. We get to add these strength, strong bonds with people. We get to work with them and build them up, add health to their body and their soul. So the way we go through the each day matters. Wisdom and truth, humility, cheerfulness, graciousness. And remember our eternal perspective. We need to convey a sense of permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purity. They all make a difference. Every day makes a difference. We can be the change agents. We can add flavor. And what a great training ground we have right now. What's going on right now? What a great training ground to see how we respond. Are we really leaning on the Holy Spirit? I mean, we have a different location. You got to cross the bridge. Now, God did open up the bridge, so it made it a little easier. Uh, we had a different time tonight. It's weird preaching for me at night. Uh, uh, my whole day was screwed up. I didn't get a nap. <laughs> How about the information or misinformation out there? How do you accept it? How do you deal with it? Do you repeat it or do you check it first? How about truth? I'm going to keep going on truth. Absolute truth versus relativism. God has some absolute truths. The courts. Personal attacks by the enemy. We all feel those. Relationship struggles. You know, we have this election coming up, but it's just a blip. God is in control. But it's important for you to get involved and talk about it. It's important for you to talk about how your kids are being educated or your grandkids or what's going on at work. How you respond to the COVID threat. The fear that goes around. That's not what builds health. We get to add flavor. We get to build people up when we are salt. So as salt, we live out this truth. God has a plan bigger than yours. It's bigger than mine. But we get to add peace. We get to add wisdom and, in, and a sanity and an integrity. We can strengthen the bonds of friendships, family, community, and we can add flavor by changing the chemistry of our environments around us each day with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to pray quickly that we go into this time of worship and you leave here changed and ready for more change. And I ask this all in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.